0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. shares compelling evidence from scripture as to why certain prophecies were documented in the Bible. With so many miracles and countless experiences throughout history, there's no shortage to choose from. But the prophecy that you read in the text prepares you for similar encounters today. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor JD with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 26th, 2023.
1: You know how much... Damage those electric vehicle. If you drive an electric vehicle, you're still saved. We love you. I'm sorry, but true story. And you, you can check me on this. Do you know the damage it causes to the environment just to make one of these things? And then to keep one of these. Go try to do a road trip, those of you on the mainland. You know what you could do in two weeks in a regular car? It's going to take you about two months because you've got to stop and charge, and you can't go that far because your battery's dead. Okay, anyway, I didn't mean to go off on that. I just, I needed to get that off my chest. And then you go to the store and all the front parking spots are for, so you're pulling up in your Hyundai, you know, So, oh, excuse me. Okay, I really took that too far, but I'm, I'm good now. I think I'm good now. So, but this new one world biodigital economy will be executed, and I use that word deliberately, by every nation on earth who have been, are now, and will continue to be in lockstep with the one world government, one world economy, and one world religion. Did you forget? 2020, the world became one. It didn't matter if you were in Tehran or Beijing or Honolulu. <laughs> no matter where you were in the world, the world was one in lockstep with everything. I think we forgot. I just reminded you, have a nice afternoon. I want to bring it to a landing with this most fascinating typology that's found in the book of Daniel. And the reason is is that it paints a powerful picture on the canvas of this one particular one world prophecy. You're familiar with it, but let's pick it up in Daniel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. We're told that Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image. Can you take that back out of your hip pocket? image. Sound familiar? Image. It was an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits, and it's width six cubits. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, when you get to verses four through six, we're provided with more specific details, more interesting details. We're told, verse 4, then a herald cried aloud. Here's the warning. Here's the sign. Here's what's coming. To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations and languages, all nations, all tribes, all languages, all countries, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and pipes, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship, worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Translated like Revelation, you're going to be killed if you refuse to worship the image. Are we good? Are we following? I don't want to use the word tracking, because we already know we're being tracked. Now, when you get to verses 16 through 19, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refuse to worship the image, are brought before King Nebuchadnezzar, who is enraged. And listen to what they say to this king. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not, ah, Esther, if I perish, I perish. Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My God will deliver, but if He doesn't, He doesn't. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then, verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and this is interesting, the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the inference being that his countenance was favorable towards them. And in the prior chapter, chapter 2 of Daniel, we are told why. So now he's completely changed. He's enraged, full of fury. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Well, you know, this account, it's into the seven times hotter fiery furnace they go, which is what we're told in verses 21 through 26. And these men, speaking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were bound in their coats, their trousers, or turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't have time to prepare that they usually prepare. And plus, the furnace was already seven times hotter than it usually is. But because the king was so infuriated and had commanded them to do that, they throw them in bound into the furnace, and it's so hot it kills the guys who threw them in. Now, verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose. I know we talked about it last week. Maybe it bears repeating again this week. Sometimes God will allow you to go into the furnace, the fiery furnace of affliction, if for no other reason other than to burn off that which binds you and dominates you and masters you. Notice the detail they're thrown in face down. Everything's bound from their feet, the bottom of their toes to the top of their head. They're all bound up, thrown in. Now they're loosed. The only thing the fire did was loose them, free them from that which they were bound with. I not only see four, didn't you bind them? I thought, did you not wrap that duct tape up good enough? Because they're loose. And they're walking in the midst of the fire and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God. That's because Nebuchadnezzar, it is the Son of God, God the Son, Jesus the Christ, in the midst of that seven times hotter fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Oh, now! Now they're the servants of the Most High God. Before, pre-furnace you were. And they wouldn't bow down and worship you. So, servants of the Most High God, am I having too much fun with this? Come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, now nah, we're good. <laughs> no, that's what the I I I totally would not have done this. We're told they came from the midst of the fire. I totally would have stayed in that fire with Jesus. Really? Come out? You're the one that threw us in here in the first place. Besides, Jesus is here. This, all of this was to get me to Jesus? And you want me to come back out now? I'm good. Why don't you come in here? <laughs> Let's see how that works out for you. I am having too much fun with it. Okay. Let's tie it together. Let's connect the dots of the typology as it relates to how what was coming to them then pointed to who was coming for them then. Stay with me. Don't let me lose you. I'm going to connect, make this connection from them then to us now. Let's start with the image. How about this? 60 cubits by six cubits with, did you count them, six instruments playing? That's a type, a picture of 666. And at the sound of the instruments, they were to worship the image. And if they refused to worship the image, they would be killed. That's what led them in the fiery furnace to begin with. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are a picture, a type of Israel. They will go into the seven-year tribulation, and Jesus will come and save them in the midst of the seven times hotter, fiery furnace of the seven-year tribulation. At the midpoint. That's Jesus in there in that fiery furnace. By the way, it's known as the Christophany, a pre Bethlehem appearance of Jesus the Christ. That's Jesus in there, the Son of God, God the Son. And what does he do? He saves them in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace. It's a picture, a type, a prophecy of how Jesus will save. Better said, Israel will come to a saving knowledge of their true Messiah, Jesus the Christ, in the midst of the seven year tribulation. That's what that picture is. And it gets even better, and I'm almost done. Question, where's Daniel? He's not there. Huh, where is he? I'm so glad you asked. He was pre-furnace taken up to a high position prior to. The seven times hotter fiery furnace, and as such, is a picture, a type of the church. He was a pre-furnace believer, just like Enoch was a pre-flood believer. Enoch, a picture of the church, walked with God, and then one day, poof, he's no more. Why? Because God took him. Where did He take him? He took him up. He was raptured up. Noah, his family, a picture of Israel. They go into the flood, are saved in the midst of the flood. That's Israel. I mean, the typology is replete. Can I just do one more? Because they all kind of go together. Pre-furnace, pre-flood. How about pre-famine? Joseph, seven-year famine. Not an eight-year famine. Not a six-year famine. The furnace was not turned up six times hotter. Seven times hotter. The famine, how long did it last? Seven years. Joseph, a picture of Christ, who took a Gentile bride pre-famine. A picture of the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Jesus Christ. That's just three of many. So what's my point? All of this points to the person of Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of it. The purpose of Bible prophecy is that it is a sign, Mo'ad, that points us to that's what's coming, but that means I know who's coming. And the more signs there are, and the closer those signs are together, the sooner He's coming. One last thing. I haven't said one last thing yet, right? So I'm good. I've shared this before. My wife and I missed our train from Cairo to Alexandria. My aunt drove us there. She lives in Giza. We stayed with her, and traffic, listen, horrible. We missed the train. We had to take a cab. Listen, you really want to go see Jesus? Take a cab from Cairo to Alexandria. Seriously, we thought, this is it. This is how it ends. I'm looking at my wife. She's looking at me. I love you. Thanks for the memories. We didn't have a lot of memories. We were still, you know, this is B.C., not before Christ, before children, when we could travel. And so, you know, I, I just wanted to take my wife to Egypt and show her where my dad was from. And and so here we are, we're in this cab going 185,000 miles per hour, not kilometers. And it's 125,000 degrees Fahrenheit, not Celsius. And there's no AC. There was a couple times where I just thought, this is it. We're going to die. And I, I started looking for signs that... Would tell us how close we were to Alexandria, our final destination. Those signs could not come fast enough. The closer we got to Alexandria, the more hope filled my heart and my wife's too. And in fact, the closer you got to Alexandria, the more signs there were Alexandria, 10 kilometers, I don't use miles, five miles, I'm like, yeah, five, <laughs> two miles one mile, boom, you made it. The closer you got, the more signs there were. And so too is this true with the signs that Jesus is coming. I say it every week. There will come a week where I will not say it because I will not be here to say it. And you better not be here (laughs) when I'm not here to say it, because we will have been taken up. But I'm telling you, Jesus is coming, and it is sooner than any of us can possibly even begin to imagine. And that's the whole point of these prophecy updates. This is why we end with the gospel. Childlike simple gospel and explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. Please, I hope you don't, I've been doing this for how many years, and I know that this becomes rote. I understand, I get it but can you just give me two minutes? Because you don't know that there might not be somebody here in this service, or certainly somebody watching online, that's going to get saved as a result of what we're going to do in the next two minutes. Actually now one minute and 45 seconds, just 15 seconds. The A very simply for admit, acknowledge, I've sinned. Because unless and until I acknowledge I'm a sinner, I have no interest in the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. You might be a good person. You'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Now we got Romans 6.23 that kind of packages together The bad news first with the good news. What's the bad news? Well, you have to enter the sentencing phase now because you've been found guilty. So you're going to be sentenced. Well, what's the sentence? Well, it's the death sentence because the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. You ready for the good news? The good news is, is that Jesus came and went to and paid your death penalty in your stead when he died for you on the cross. And he purchased with his blood, paid in full, purchased you were not our own, but were purchased with a costumous life to offer us this gift, the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift that we receive. He paid for it. The B, very central, is for believe in your heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe. And by the way, to believe means to, because even the demons believe in God and tremble. So it can't just mean that, well, I, I, I believe in God. No, no, no. To believe in Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, what you're saying is, you're putting all your trust in Him for the forgiveness of sins. Romans 10.9 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, very important, that's the gospel, by the way, you will be saved. What do you mean that's the gospel? See, the gospel means good news. Your debt has been paid, you're free to go. Good news, gospel. What debt? Well, he paid your death debt, your sin debt, the wages, which is death. He went to his death for you. The death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the return of Jesus Christ is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. See, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in my heart is going to come out of my mouth. That's not what goes into a, mouth, a man's mouth that defiles him. It's what comes out. And what comes out is what's, I know this, again, deeply profound. Whatever's in is going to come out. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and confesses. Romans 10, 13, lastly says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's so simple. It's childlike simple. I chose today's but God testimony because... It's a powerful testimony from a former lesbian that speaks to how God uses the prophetic signs of what's coming to point us to and even bring us to who's coming, Jesus the Christ. It comes from Shauna Wilkins who writes, this is just a humble thank you for being a vessel for Jesus Christ. My partner's mom watched you all the time. She passed away in 2017. Through my partner's prayer and persistence, I eventually started listening to your prophecy updates and then your sermons. Since then, I have been saved. Hallelujah. We have repented and now live as sisters in Christ. I was so afraid of the Bible I would cry any time I thought of even cracking it open, and now? I cannot get enough. It's like finally the Holy Spirit can work in me. I I feel this huge rush of relief. I love being washed in the water of the Word. I listen to Bible studies pretty much every day. To be honest, it is the most comfort, warmth, and love I've ever felt when I study God's Word. Jesus truly is amazing and wonderful. I am a new creation, and I'm so grateful I moved to tears almost daily. I wanted to let you know that I pray for you and your congregation. I hope you all know what a blessing you are to so many. Even those of us who were homosexual, who can now be free from our sin and live for Christ. It's true when you say God has a sense of humor. This lesbian turned sister in Christ is now the one God is using to spread the truth to her family. Ha! Grace and peace to you all, Shana. Come on up, Capone. Why don't you stand up? The power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. The power of God's word. God's love. Thank you, Lord, so much.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor JD. If what Pastor JD shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward.